0: Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of TheRandyReport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. In this week's headlines, Brazil changes course on regulations that limit gay and bisexual men from donating blood. A gay couple in Tulsa speaks out after a neighbor posts anti-LGBTQ signs in his front yard. Germany bans so-called conversion therapy for minors. And OutCNN anchor Anderson Cooper announces he's become a dad. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. It's not often we get good news for LGBTQ people out of Brazil, but the South American country's Supreme Court has overturned rules that limit gay and bisexual men from donating blood in a decision considered a human rights victory for LGBTQ people in the country. After the case languished for almost four years, the High Court voted seven to four in favor of reversing guidelines that barred men who had sex with other men from giving blood for 12 months ending any waiting time. The court said the ban was unconstitutional as it imposed restrictions on gay and bisexual men, backing the Supreme Court Minister Edson Fachin, who argued this offended the basic human dignity of gay and bisexual men. The decision comes after several nations have relaxed rules on blood donations in recent weeks as blood supplies dwindled due to the coronavirus pandemic. The United States... Denmark and Northern Ireland have all revised their regulations so that men can give blood three months after their latest gay sexual encounter, rather than wait a full year, a policy that LGBTQ advocates have long decried as discriminatory. More and more nations are reviewing restrictions on blood donations imposed during the HIV-AIDS crisis, with some countries applying blanket bans... Some have waiting periods after gay sex, and others, like Italy, have no limitations. But the issue has increasingly become a symbol of continued stigma against LGBTQ people, with activists saying individual assessments of sexual history and risk for all potential blood donors would be safer and fairer. The ruling in Brazil was celebrated as a victory in a country where same-sex marriage is legal but LGBTQ people often face discriminatory government policies, with the country's president, homophobe Jair Bolsonaro, leading the charge. Twitter user Philip Henry posted videos from an Instagram account with the handle Ian Frostock. That appear to be a series of clips shared on his Insta story that have been since deleted or expired, that Henry says were, quote, a full-on house party on a Monday night in New York City. New York City, as we know, is the hotspot in the United States for coronavirus diagnoses. Wrote Philip Henry, people are fucking dying left and right and the gays are having full-on house parties on a Monday night in New York City. Hashtag jail. As the attendees tuned into their social media accounts the next morning, they found their shindig had gone viral. Instagram accounts quickly began disappearing. Some in the Twitterverse were shocked about the party, considering the coronavirus health threat. Identifying attendees proved easy enough, though, because it seems they were each tagging each other with their Insta handles. Ironically, it seems Ian Frost, the original poster on Instagram, was profiled by DNA Magazine six days before on how he's coping with the lockdown. As one commenter wrote, had the nerve to post this right after an interview about how he's coping with the lockdown six days ago. I guess now we know. When one Twitter user reached out to the DJ who played for the party, yes, folks, they had a DJ and everything. He said, Y'all still rolling or did you wake up to realize you posted video from a circuit party in the middle of a global pandemic? DJ Alec Bryan responded, Still rolling. Other comments on Twitter read, Spent the whole stimulus check on G and LED lights on Amazon. Another, Truly proving we haven't learned shit since HIV pandemic. And then there was this one, Can't wait for the Aaron Shock cameo. Partygoer Chris Weaver, who performs drag under the stage name Nedra Bell and is a past contestant on NBC's The Voice, posted a video message on Facebook saying, I'm human. I make mistakes just like you make mistakes. It's life. I fully understand that I have to deal with the repercussions of what I did and that it's just a reality that we have to face. But I won't be scared or run into a hole or a box because you don't agree. Okay? Going on, he said, So for all these negative comments, let me tell you something about the gay community, the LGBTQ community. What we do is we are so good at building each other up, but we're even better at tearing each other down. And the problem with that is, we can drag and drag and drag folks all day and all night, but there's never a chance. Where's the chance for redemption? Where's the chance for somebody to make up for their mistakes or to get it right? We don't give that, but we want to cancel folks. He went on to say, People can issue an apology and people are never satisfied. However, I'll note, In his 11-minute video, there was no apology. There was no I'm sorry. He went on to say, People just want something to attack people on. If you want to cancel me, cancel me. I mean, it is what it is. And I'm hoping you open your hearts, not just for me, but for those who you have attacked. Please know that your reaction causes reaction. Think about the person on the other side. What I find interesting about Weaver's message, though, is that he seems to recoil over the fact that people on Twitter and in social media Reacted to the idea of all these frontline responders in hospitals, doctors and nurses, and essential workers in grocery stores and and other outlets, sweating and working every day to keep our lives going. And he kind of dismissed that by going to a party. And he's mad that people responded. I'm always of a mind that the tribe has to respond to social issues so that we make a correction. And that's what the Twitterverse did, in my opinion. I don't know if someone had just said, hey, you really shouldn't do that, if there would have been any change in the behavior. Because of the response on social media, my take is that there was a correction made by the tribe. Needless to say, the idea that a group of people partying this close together in a New York City apartment is not what the doctor ordered. According to the New York City Health Department, at the point in time when the party was held, there had been 171,000 723 confirmed COVID-19 cases in New York City, 43,383 people had been hospitalized due to the disease, 13,724 confirmed deaths due to COVID-19, and another 5,383 probable deaths. Can we hold off on the parties just a little bit longer? A gay couple is speaking out after a Christian neighbor put up horrific anti-LGBTQ signs in his yard directly across the street from their house. Christopher Jones and Terry Geesland, a gay couple living in Tulsa, Oklahoma, have gone public with stories of harassment by their neighbor, John Bailey. Bailey, who lives across the street, has put up signs with homophobic messages and a desecrated pride flag in response to the couple. Local news station KJRH reports that Bailey put up the sign to promote a Christian lifestyle. He told the station, I believe that homosexuality is wrong. I'm not putting them down. Right? I'm just standing up to them and saying this is wrong. I'm trying to show them there's a better way. But partners Christopher and Terry said they are greeted by the signs every time they walk outside. Jones told KJRH, That's hate. We do not need this in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Adding that they are one of three gay couples that live in their neighborhood. They said, It's like wow in your face. It's very ugly, it's demeaning, and it's a violation of humility towards my family. Other neighbors expressed a similar sentiment. Neighbor Cindy Roberts told the station, I have lived in this neighborhood for 17 years. I have never seen anything this awful. It disgusts me. I'm upset. Tulsa police say there's nothing they can do about the signs, while LGBTQ advocates fear the situation could turn violent. Toby Jenkins, director of Tulsa's LGBT Community Center, told the press, Talk like this is just a step away from violence, and people need to understand that members of the LGBTQ community are susceptible to being attacked, assaulted, and in some cases, killed. It stems from comments like these that come from people's hearts. But Bailey plans to keep the signs up. He told the news station, "I know my rights. The gay and lesbian community are bullying people into being quiet and into being silent, and they're making people like me that are standing up against them feel like criminals." He cited his First Amendment rights to express himself. But it appears there's starting to be some backlash on social media. Bailey's business, Bailey Home Service, was beginning to receive some negative reviews on Facebook. One commenter wrote, These people are bigots, don't use their services. They post their hypocritical signs in their front lawn while claiming to be Christians to intimidate and degrade their neighbors and fellow man. Germany has now joined Malta, Taiwan, Ecuador, and Brazil in nations that have a conversion therapy ban. A bill approved by the German government makes the country the second in Europe to enact such legislation. Germany's ban comes after German health minister Jens Spahn promised he would facilitate the legal maneuvering in June of 2019. By November, he was circulating a draft of the legislation which would punish violators up to a year in prison or a fine. Now, that law has passed with the fine at around $32,000. The bill bars practitioners as well as parents or legal guardians who force their children to take part in the harmful practice. Conversion therapy is the widely debunked pseudoscience aimed at changing a patient's sexuality or gender identity. It has been associated with increased suicidal attempts, drug abuse, and depression. In November, the American Medical Association endorsed a nationwide ban on the controversial practice. Other medical and health associations, including the American Psychological Association and the American Psychiatric Association, have also spoken out against it. In reality, These methods, which range from electroshock therapy and water torture to praying the gay away, are a form of abuse, both physical and mental. The methods have been described as ineffective, harmful, and deadly by every leading medical association in the United States, as well as other global health organizations. According to the Trevor Project's 2019 National Survey, LGBTQ youth who had undergone conversion therapy were more than twice as likely to attempt suicide as those who have not. 42% of LGBTQ youth who underwent conversion therapy reported a suicide attempt in the prior year. And 57% of transgender and non-binary youth who have undergone conversion therapy reported a suicide attempt in the last year. Germany's bold action will save lives and send a message to LGBTQ young people around the world that they deserve love, respect, and support. Some members of Germany's left wing opposition lawmakers declined to support the measure because it included just minors, those under 18. They wanted the law to also include the traditional societal category of youth, which extends to 26. In response to critics of the ban's age limit, Spahn, who is openly gay, said that the law had to be able to withstand legal challenges. For instance, New York City could serve as a cautionary tale. Unlike other US states and locality, the city initially passed a ban that prohibited the practice of conversion therapy on people of all ages. The expansive measure led to a legal challenge by a conservative religious group on behalf of a man who sought religious counseling for his same-sex attraction. Fearing the challenge could lead to a Supreme Court decision unfavorable to the LGBTQ community, New York City lawmakers repealed their initial ban and rush to pass an age-limited law. In any case, Germany becomes the fifth nation to prohibit the harmful practice. In the U.S., 20 states have bans on the practice as part of a patchwork system being headed up by the Trevor Project and Born Perfect. This year, Virginia became the first southern state to add its name to that list. Out journalist Anderson Cooper announced this week that he's now a father. Cooper, 52 years old, said on CNN, I'm a dad, I have a son, sharing pictures of himself with little Wyatt Morgan Cooper, named for the cable TV journalist's father. He wrote in the announcement, As a gay kid, I never thought it would be possible to have a child, and I'm grateful for all those who have paved the way and for the doctors and nurses and everyone involved in my son's birth. He also thanked the surrogate mother he worked with to have his son, saying, most of all, I'm grateful to a remarkable surrogate who carried Wyatt and watched over him lovingly and tenderly and gave birth to him. It is an extraordinary blessing what she and all surrogates give to families who can't have children. My family is blessed to have this family in ours. Cooper is one of the most famous LGBTQ journalists in the country, until 2012, though, He didn't publicly discuss his sexual orientation, something which he said in a coming out announcement was because he valued his privacy. Now, he's sharing his family with the world, getting positive comments on Instagram from fans congratulating him on becoming a father. Wrote one fan echoing many, Anderson, we couldn't be happier for you. Congratulations and welcome to the wonderful experience of parenthood. Two major stars of the entertainment world passed this week. Little Richard, the raucous music star whose 1950s hits helped launch the rock and roll revolution, died at the age of 87. Variety reports Richard's manic 45s for Los Angeles indie label specialty records like Tutti Frutti, Long Tall Sally, Rip It Up, Jenny Jenny, Keep a Knockin' and Good Golly Miss Molly became major crossover hits in the pop sphere and influenced succeeding generations of rockers. With his mustache and pompadoured hair slathered with makeup and popping his mascara-painted eyes, he was graced with an ego as outsized as his personality and his voice. The daringly androgynous musician established himself as the wildest performer of his musical era. Little Richard was an inaugural inductee in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1986 and was honored with a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award in 1993. Over the years, the flamboyant artist seemed to have had a complicated relationship with his own sexuality. According to Ebony, in 1995, he told Penthouse Magazine, I've been gay all my life, and I know God is a God of love, not hate. In 2012, he shared with GQ Magazine... We are all both male and female. Sex to me is like a smorgasbord. Whatever I feel like, I go for. What kind of sexual am I? I am omnisexual. But then, in 2017, during an interview with Three Angels Broadcasting Network, he seemed to recant it all, saying, Jesus, he made men men. He made women women, you know? And you've got to live the way God wants you to live. And Roy Horn whose collaboration with Siegfried Fischbacher created the world-renowned duo Siegfried and Roy, died of complications from COVID-19 this week in a Las Vegas hospital. He was 75. Together, Siegfried and Roy redefined live magic by combining remarkable stagecraft with rare, endangered animals. In doing so, the duo created the modern era for Las Vegas entertainment. In a statement, Siegfried said, quote, Today, the world has lost one of the greats of magic, but I have lost my best friend. From the moment we met, I knew Roy and I together would change the world. There could be no Siegfried without Roy, and no Roy without Siegfried. Roy was a fighter his whole life, including during these final days. I give my heartfelt appreciation to the team of doctors, nurses, and staff at Mountain View Hospital who worked heroically against this insidious virus that ultimately took Roy's life. Although the duo never defined their relationship for the public, over time they became known as former lovers and lifelong friends. It was while working as a steward on a cruise ship that Roy assisted in a performance of Siegfried's magic act. After the show, Roy asked the question that changed both of their lives. Siegfried, disappearing rabbits are ordinary, but can you make a cheetah disappear? After a pause, Siegfried said... In Magic, anything is possible. Unbeknownst to him and the ship's captain, Roy had smuggled his pet cheetah aboard the cruise, and so began a 50-year entertainment odyssey that took Siegfried and Roy around the world, breaking box office records from Japan to Radio City Music Hall. But it was their four-decade-long run in Las Vegas that established them as global superstars. Siegfried and Roy started in 1967 as a featured act in notable Las Vegas reviews Follies Berger, Hallelujah Hollywood, and Lido de Paris, They grew to become headliners in Beyond Belief at the New Frontier Hotel in 1981. But the duo became a Las Vegas destination of international renown with their precedent-setting 14-year run at the Mirage that began in 1989. The $30 million production, unheard of at that time, sold out the then-largest theater in Las Vegas history nightly. The expectations for live entertainment, especially on all the stages of the Las Vegas Strip, were forever changed the moment the show opened. In their good-versus-evil spectacle of light, sound, and never-before-seen spectacular magic, the duo introduced the world to their extensive animal family. More than 55 white tigers, white lions, leopards, jaguars, even an elephant— that appeared and vanished with mesmerizing speed and panache. Siegfried and Roy at the Mirage became a must-see for all Las Vegas visitors and hundreds of notable personalities, including presidents, royalty, Hollywood and sports stars, and dignitaries from all walks of life. On October 3rd, 2003, however, Roy's performance career ended when one of his white tigers, Manticore, reacted to what Roy believed was a stroke, and dragged him off the stage. Roy surprised medical experts by surviving the incident to live a full and rewarding life after the show ended. He traveled the world, visited his animals daily, and could be seen attending shows and philanthropic events in Las Vegas. Roy is survived by his brother Warner Horn, his animal family, and of course, Siegfried. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report, If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you would share it with your friends. I like to think of The Randy Report as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember you can find me every day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. Thanks for listening, folks. Please remember, wash your hands a lot, practice social distancing, and take care of yourselves. See you next time.